What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a great one for you. Go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Tell us your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Michael, Michael Santianis, and I'm from Long Beach, California. Oh, born and raised Long born, Beach? Born and raised. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 No, you're obviously, tell us about the shop that you own. Go ahead and plug that. Yeah, I, I own a shop on 2nd Street. It's called Belmont Shores Barbershop. Um, it's been there since 1932. Wow. Um, I recently took over the shop three years ago during COVID. Um, yeah, and I just felt like barbering, cutting hair the last 10 years prior from that situation, I prepared me for this opportunity, you know, and uh, yeah, so it's, uh, we've been going strong, it's my third year owning it, and um, definitely changes you as a person. Mm. Yeah. Changes you as a, you know what I mean, whether you were going, whether you want to do it or not, it's going to change you, but. I think it's really cool just owning a piece of history like that. Yeah. Like you really taking on the responsibility of, it's almost, that's almost 100 years. That is 100 years basically coming up of cutting hair, right? And obviously like barbershops are essential to every community. Mm-hmm. It's something to where it literally gives men and women confidence. Like you fuck up a haircut, that's that's your week right there. Just right. out the window. <laughs> you're not going out the house. You're wearing a hat. Like you're not 100% focused on whatever you're doing. And it's just like... I love having barbershops on and just people that have awesome backgrounds like yourself. And I just want to kind of relate sort of the work that you do to just the culture, you know, whether it's just stuff that we're seeing, tattoos, um, art, things like that, uh, haircuts, like the whole vibe is something that I'm seeing just reg- resonate the entire world as we travel as we go places i'm seeing more american barbershops in sweden right Mm. i'm seeing more just like the stuff that we do that we've created in long beach here is just resonating all over the world and it's just awesome having you on the forefront of stuff like that right oh yeah man it's yeah it's i i can see that too like especially in like the last five to ten years barbershops and that whole culture has changed so much um it's crazy to see it, you know. I, I always kind of give credit. Just, I just happen to be in the right place at the mm-hmm. right time. Um, I have a little bit of a social media stuff going on. I have no idea what I'm doing on social media. <laughs> but one of the things I try to do is I I don't follow the rules. I love that. So, I like that. like um, everyone is in my ear to tell me how to pose, what to pose, when to pose. Um, and because I still don't get it, I just go to my comfort zone, mm-hmm. which is just... You know, when you want to post this morning or you want to post at midnight, if you want to post at three in the morning, if you want to, whatever you want to post, whatever it is, whatever image, whatever, whatever sentence or whatever you want to put in the universe, you know what I mean? And that's when I post and uh, I enjoy doing it that way. Dude, that's, <laughs> it, I like that. that's awesome because I think the main criteria whenever <laughs> Hannah or I are creating is basically just like, I only create things that I would consume. You know what I mean? I don't I don't invest in things I wouldn't use. I don't try to tell people to buy things I don't care about. Right, and it's right. like unless if I don't like that picture or that video, I'm not putting it out, right? right? Like if I don't like let's say this episode goes horrible. I it's a good vibe right now like it's working, <laughs> but like there's been times where people come on and they're just stiff, right? Yeah. Or like something happens and I'm like, "Hey, they'll be talking just like you, right?" And then we'll hit record and then all of a sudden they'll freeze up <laughs> right, on us, right? right? And we're like, oh shit, like we got to make something happen. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it's just so cool. How long have you been cutting hair for? So I've been doing it for about 14 years. Um, yeah, 14 years. I got my barbering license in Encino. Okay. Um, 
being born and raised in Long Beach, I really didn't know anything about the Valley. Um, but going down there, I just learned a different culture, different, met a bunch of new friends, and they're all doing really well with their careers and owning shops and doing celebrity cuts and just just killing it, you know? Yeah. Um, it's cool to that I know that I have a group of friends that are in the Valley. Mm. So if I ever go out there, there's just a bunch of people I can network with. Um, but yeah, I came back to Long Beach and that's when I started my career down here. I like that. So. Pull the mic a little bit closer to yourself yeah. for us real quick. Dude, barbers, speaking of celebrities, barbers are like, they're getting a little up there as far as like with the content. You get a barber with like 100K, 200K. <laughs> they think they're a new man all of a sudden. They're just walking in. Oh no, you can't cut me there. You know what I mean? You yeah. got to wait here. They, they think they're the celebrity. And it's just like some of my favorite content is in barbershops of like, it'll be some guy. Like have you seen the guy that'll have like his leg up on the guy, oh, like yeah. all on the chair yeah, or, yeah. or they'll like flick the lip. Have you seen yeah, those ones or like those. they'll be messing with people? And I love that. It's so much fun. Like I, I started cutting my own hair over mm -hmm. COVID and it was just one of those things where like I got the bug of cutting hair nice. and it's like I do it on myself and it's, you know, one hour a week or every couple of days, but yeah. it becomes kind of meditative almost. And I get that zone that you guys get into and you kind of just like... We take it, it's an art, right? You just take it and then just create. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, you're welcome, basically. And it's so cool. It's it's so funny you say that because um, when I got into cutting hair, I wasn't really into cutting hair. Mm. I, I honestly didn't even never... Well, I used to cut my own hair here and there. Um, the funny thing is I actually used to live right next door here. Oh, oh really? So, yeah, so these apartments right here, the first floor with the balcony in the front. Yeah. That's where I was roommating when... Uh, in this building right here? Next, or? This next building. Oh, right this here. one. Yes. Oh, wow. So that one's abandoned now. Yeah, yeah, it is abandoned. Wow. Um, yeah, I used to live right on the top where the balcony is at. Oh. That's uh, so cool. Uh, so when I seen the address this morning, because I didn't even look up the address until right. this morning, but when I did, I said, yo, <laughs> it's right here where I used to live That's at. That's crazy. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're saying that they're going to remodel that, and I don't know. So you lived in that unit with the rooftop there. Is that, is there stairs? Yes. Is it a whole, I it's, was thinking that. Yeah. We were, because we were talking about it, because when we, we moved here about a year ago, uh -huh. and no one was living there, we were like, I'm sure they're going to start renovating soon. I mean, that's a a good building, you know, but it's been empty this whole year. And then, um, just like two, three weeks ago, there were some guys like walking around, checking it out. And we we're like, Oh, are you going to start renovating soon? And they're like, yeah, maybe within the next two months or so. Yeah. And then we were talking about these different units in that front unit. We were like, is it like a two story thing? Yes. We were like, what? Like it's, that one's gonna be dope like that one's yeah. gonna be really nice so like, we were like i want to move the show up there i know like, we were like if it's priced well we might consider jumping over there but yeah that's yeah cool. that's super cool so what would you say sort of your as you open up the shop how when you transition from a independent barber to now a shop owner what are some of the hurdles that you've kind of had to come through like what has changed as far as do you cut as much do you have to manage more like what type of you know how's your situation changed basically you no know, it's funny you say that because I, I think a lot a lot of things change mm -hmm. a lot of things i'm not cutting hair as much as i used to i'm not working as much hours as i used to um, this is something my brain and my body has worked my whole life being busy, busy, busy mm. that, uh, you know, the business is growing and I'm hiring barbers and I'm filling up the slots and it's just like, there's literally no room for me for even to cut hair at my own shop. 
Mm. You know what I mean? And which is a good thing because that's the goal, you know what I mean? But it has been very uncomfortable getting into the mentality like this is the actual life. Mm. This is the way life is supposed to be. I got to slow down and just live, you know what I mean? Mm. Enjoy my family, enjoy my kids, turn it off. Um, But yeah, it's it's a lot of it has changed. Me cutting hair, me working as much, um, financially being able to afford to do a lot of things with my family, uh, go on some, do some really cool trips with my wife. Um, Yeah, and then as far as people just... uh, uh, working with people has been really different for me. I'm I'm the big I'm the nice guy, you know. I'm uh, I'm the I want to be likable, mm-hmm. very very likable. You know what I mean. So a lot of times, people would invite me if they had a boyfriend that was really really hard and he was like kind of a tough guy to get along with. They would say, "Hey, bring Mike with us because I know Mike's gonna kind of like make him feel relaxed and just mm-hmm. you know what I mean." I'm that type of person. Uh-huh. But business and being that type of person, it really, really changes you. And so it took me a few years for me to kind of adjust to be where I'm at today, but to be able to organize those emotions and make sure that I'm like, okay, you know, just keep things more business. Try not to be too much, have too much personal things going on with Mm -hmm. your barbers and uh, yeah, just kind of separate a little bit. So I'm still adjusting, kind of figuring out what is the best way to do it. Yeah. But it seems like this year, my business has grown tremendously. Um, I've had the most barbers I've ever had before and like stayed with me because before they would probably stay for three months. Some mm-hmm. would stay for six months. It's high turnover, right? High. They're always bouncing around. They're always bouncing around. So this is the first year I've been able to hold on to all of them for a year. Awesome. Um, we hired a few more. So it's just a lot of things that are going well that I'm like, it's still uncomfortable for me to be this type of play, this type of role, but, um, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I think it's really cool too because I want to hear a little bit more about like your team and things like that and yeah. almost like what a typical day looks like for running the shop and things like that. If you're not cutting hair, what the fuck are you doing, right? Like how so like tell us. I'm sure you probably get that thing of like you're the boss man now, right? It's yeah. oh that guy's not working. That yeah. guy's not doing nothing. Like yeah. we had recently um one of the captain of the local police departments on, right? And this is a guy who put in 30 years of hard work like SWAT team former military in the shit every day right but now he's a guy that sits at the office and the young guys aren't giving him that was his biggest Mm -hmm. thing he's like these motherfuckers think I don't I used to run in no paperwork no nothing and just like (laughs) I'd beat the dogs in and go get the guy right but like once you kind of start to step into those roles it's almost like what does your day look like behind the scenes you know it's uh a lot of the people that work there, there's 18 barbers that work there. Okay. Oh, wow. I will honestly tell you guys, I genuinely am connected to all 18 barbers. Oh, that's yeah. good to hear. I genuinely love, love these people. Mm. How there's, many chairs are in the shop? There's six chairs. Okay, six and 18. Gotcha. Yeah, there's six and there's 18 barbers. Um, what's so beautiful about that, and it took me about three years to kind of create this, but what it did is put a bunch of beautiful people in one building. Mm. Um because there's six chairs, I rent out the stations twice a day. So um, usually there'll be a barber working from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. So um, it's cool because when I go inside the room and I walk into this shop, I'm not looking at my schedule. I'm not looking who I'm working with. Because these are beautiful people, it doesn't matter. Right. Like I genuinely love working with all anybody I get a chance to work with. So just when I'm able to do my craft and cut hair and, and hang out, it's such a personal thing. But it's so important that you're comfortable 
outside that space、mm. to be able to be your genuine self, I guess, right? right.、Um, but yeah, so I,、uh, we rotate station. No one has a set station, which is even better because you don't know who you're going to cut hair next to that day. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, so it rotates. See, that's one of the questions that you had、yeah. too, because it's really cool when, like, Hannah sometimes brings in more girls on like the female aspect、yes. of things, self care, things like that. I bring in guys stuff, and it's like you've never really been in a barber shop, so it's like usually at least growing up is there's always a hierarchy. There's always like you have your first chair guy, and then that's usually the owner or like the boss man that you talk to, and then as chairs progress down, <laughs> that's when eye contact starts to like you don't want to you don't want to fuck with those. People way in the tenth、yeah. chair over there because that's the low man on the totem pole, right? So like when I used to walk、so、in、true. without like、um, let's say because I moved every year in my life,、mm-hmm. so I never really had a set barber shop. So I'd have to walk in, try to get as close to the front guy as you can, <laughs> and hopefully develop that relationship. And it would just as a kid be like, hey, can you come up? No, I'm booked up for the day. Oh fuck,、mm-hmm. the first guy's always booked. You know, second guy booked up. Oh, third guy, four, and then four. Yeah, yeah, I got time for you. He's like eating tacos or something like that, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, all right. And that's when things get. A little like nerve wracking、right. because hair is important. But if you're talking about rolling, like how are you guys doing things a little differently? It's uh, um, it's just the I, culture of the shop. You know, I the way I evaluate barbers, I think are completely different from the way people evaluate barbers、mm-hmm. into their shop. I have, believe it or not, I have like eight nine girls that work at this shop. Um, the rest of them are all guys.、Um, believe it or not, it's very uncomfortable for women to work at barber shops,、um, and a lot of times it's dealing with the clients, but most of the times it's actually dealing with the barbers、mm-hmm. and dealing with the owners,、um, the management, and things like that.、Um, so, what I take so much pride in it's because I've chosen these beautiful people. These girls have told me this is the first shop they have never been harassed. They have never felt、oh, any type、awesome. of way, and it really kind of made me look at it like I've only worked at probably two barber shops my whole life, so I don't. I've never like worked at a lot of different ones. But when I hear that, I already knew it was very uncomfortable for women to work at shops and deal with the clients from what I've seen.、Mm. But I've never understood it from like owning a business part of it and understanding what sometimes that comes with and how things get really like. It, it can get really messy.、Mm-hmm. So、um, me being able to be the head of the shop,、um, I get to set the standard. I get to set the example. I get to accept like everything. So the way I talk about my wife, the way I hang out around,、um, how I talk about people, the kind of person I am,、mm-hmm. it's really the standard of where the shop's at. Right. So no one else is talking that way. So all the women that there, they'll tell you like. This is the only shop I've never been harassed at.、Mm. This is the shop I feel the most comfortable with, and、um, yeah, it's honestly I think it's just because the guys that work there, man, they're truly great guys. They're very, very mature,、um, and yeah, man, it's it's just special. And I think that right there is what lights it on fire. And I think it just sounds like from obviously meeting you, it's a representation of how you are. It's an extension almost of yourself, right? Of you're the guy that. Is creating safe environments for people to just like operate, you know. Normally, obviously, your endeavors should reflect that.、Yeah. That's really cool, right? Yeah, I It, mean, even just like as a as a woman, having a man acknowledge, like, I understand that you felt unsafe before. You're not gonna feel that here. Right. That coming from a man is 
special and yeah. just you being the forefront of that and you setting the tone for the entire shop of like this is how you act and behave yeah. i think that is very important and very special it's it's honestly like i don't i don't tell a lot of people this because i don't need a patent back or anything yeah. like that but it does come back to me yeah you know what i mean i have never been attached to a dollar i've never really had a lot of money growing up um, so money was never something that was I needed to hold on mm. to. I wasn't never educated enough to be able to say, oh, I'm supposed to get this amount of money, hold on to it, put it into the stock or mm. put it into anything else. I never I looked at it as paper. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, even to the day, it's to me, I don't I like to say I'm not attached to money. Mm. Yeah. You know, I lived just being the kind of person I am. And believe it or not, it just keeps coming right. in and coming in and just. 18 barbers is gnarly to me. Yeah. Gnarly to me. Like six chairs. Uh, and I've seen all this change in one year. I can see why doing, being this type of person and why this stuff comes to those type of people because it's just like, uh, it's just the way I think the universe works, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really cool because it, the diversity in your shop just with gender, with, um, you know, ethnic background, things like that. It's haircuts are becoming, you know, edge-ups, things like that. Fades used to be a black thing, a Latino thing. That's what, What's your background? Uh, Latino. Yep. And that was pretty much, white guys weren't getting, you know, faded up. Like when I was a kid, it was just the weird thing. Now you see the dudes with a crispy beard and they're coming out with like the nicest man bun of all time. <laughs> and they're just like going to do yoga and things like that. So <laughs> it's really cool how it is really just transcended into everything with pop culture. So I love hearing that like a mom can take her kid in because that was one of my mom's things. Exactly. My mom is, you know, very fair skinned. And going into a barbershop would be intimidating for mm -hmm. her, right? Course, it's yeah. one of those things of like, what do I do? I don't know who these guys are. I don't know who to trust. So like, I kind of just got thrown in as a kid and it's like, oh shit, uh, now there's a bunch of men in mm -hmm. here. What do I do? So right. having, luckily there's good barbershops and then I went into bad ones, but the good ones were always like, I got you little man. Like, come over here. Let's see what you got. You know, you got your money? Yeah, I got my money. <laughs> and like, you know, all right, cool. And we would just make it happen. So it's super awesome to hear about your team. I want to hear a little bit more about like, sort of the backside, kind of how you came up and where you're from. And like you, that was your wife, right? You guys yes. were together. Remind yes. me, what was your name? Uh, Jessica. Jessica. That's yeah. right. How did you guys meet? Um, she, uh, she went to LaSalle. So she was on the other side of 605. Okay. Um, I grew up in Long Beach, kind of closer to Poly High School. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, believe it or not, I was so grateful enough to uh, find like maybe seven, eight of my, some really good friends growing up since I was in middle school. And we're really, really close till today. Nice. You know, they're like my best friends, you know? That's cool. Um, you know, we grew up, they're all, I got one Asian guy, I got a couple black people, another Hispanic dude. Um, sounds like Long Beach. Just yeah, yeah. Just super yeah. diverse, <laughs> you know, super, super diverse. And, uh, you know, just growing up with them, you know, it's so I've slept at their house. I know their moms. They know me. You know, they've taken care of us. Um, we build that type of culture. So we I, we would catch the bus <laughs> to <laughs> Seal Beach. Mm -hmm. You know, we would catch the bus on the summertime. So we went down there, and that's when Jessica and her friend was down there. They're tanning, and uh, <laughs> that's where it started. <laughs> like that. Yeah. So you guys met there, and you guys have kids together. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've uh, we got together in high school. So I was going to Poly at the time. I was a senior. 
and she was in Los Sal. I believe she was in the eleventh grade in Los Sal. When was this? Uh, 06. Okay, gotcha. 06, yeah. Um, yeah, and we've been together ever since. Oh, that's awesome. And we've been together ever since. Yeah, we got married uh, 10 years ago. Congrats. Thank you, awesome. thank you. So, yeah, it's it's been good. We got two little girls. We got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. Oh, you're a girl dad, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's awesome. So. How's that? Because that's my thing is... I grew up just, you know, my dad was just rough, throwing things around and lighting shit on fire. And that's where Hannah's from Sweden. So it's one of those things where it's such a very drastic dynamic. Whereas like the family that we're working on building is like, I'm telling you right now, I keep telling, I was like, I hope you have girls (laughs) because the the guys I'm, I'm putting firing ranges in the house and bowling alleys and just monster trucks and all sorts of archery. Like, cause that's how I grew up of like, Hey, fuck it. You know, there's a firework, go light it on fire, have fun. Don't kill yourself. So it's just so cool. How has that like changed you at all? Having girls? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, growing up, I didn't grow up with a father. Um, a lot of my friends didn't grow up with fathers. Um, you know, we really hung out in the streets and we, we created this idea of what a man was, mm-hmm. what we thought what a man was, right. you know. Um, even till today, we I still have trouble putting too much energy on respect and trying mm-hmm. to, like, and honestly, that's not really, you know what I mean? It's just as a kid, we thought that's what a man was, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, we just uh, became really good friends. And, and and just my idea of what I thought my boys were going to be and how I was going to be on their asses mm. um, is what I thought of this little man, this, this what I was going to create. Mm-hmm. And when I had a girl... It changed the whole game for me. It made me realize that I was not ready to be a a, a boy dad. Mm. Oh yeah, I was not ready at all. I had it all wrong, mm. all wrong, all fucking wrong, dude. And um, yeah, I'm happy. I, I got two little girls, and they taught me a, more than I needed to know. Um, I did adopted my nephew like three, like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And he was a boy. He was 14 at the time, you know. Mm. So, and even in the very beginning, I was a little too harsh on him. Mm. Um, but he taught me, like, you know, I need to, like, chill out. I'm, I'm the uncle here. Right. I'm not the dad. Yeah. I'm the uncle, you know. So, yeah, just all of that, I really felt like changing me. And then just having girls just really just said, you know what, this is, uh, I feel like it brought out the better version of who, who really I am. Yeah. You know, you're familiar with that energy, Hannah, and obviously us working on getting that out of it. What do you, does that sound familiar? I think that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Well, because you're very, like, hard and it needs, you know, yeah. get shit done. When Hannah met me, I was at the highest of, I mean, just, we're talking about just, like, biologically, just so much testosterone, just mm-hmm. pumping. And just, I was playing sports at the time and just lifting and just crazy mm-hmm. short fuse. Wow. And the I'm so happy with where I'm at right now because yeah. I'm the type of guy now that if somebody flipped out in the street, I would not engage. I would just <laughs> yeah. be like, I'm totally cool. I want no smoke, buddy. Yeah. I do not feel offended yeah. at but all. But before, it would be complete opposite yeah, of like, we got to fight. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you've changed drastically. Uh-huh. I think just being around me because we're, we're, we're total opposites, him That's and I. Amazing. Like, I am very, very calm. 
you I mean you're calm now but like you used to be just fiery like crazy so meeting you and just you having all that crazy energy for me that was like wild I was like what is wrong with you like yeah. you are crazy yeah tone it down calm it down and I feel like you I what I've given you has definitely I see that you've yeah. changed just like you have given me a little bit more fire yeah because I needed a little bit more fire just like he needed to calm the fire a little bit um but I, and yeah. I think the biggest thing that I had to take away was basically I thought that it was like or like uh, oh I'm either this or I'm this right and it's like well no it's an and game right I think a lot of things in society are an and game right, right. so it's like I don't uh, open a barber shop or do this it's like no 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 I do this and I do this and I do this and I just make it fucking happen right yeah. so it's like it's like a house we're building more rooms onto it and then at the end of the day you have a big ass mansion and you're like oh yeah I have all these mm -hmm. things I'm kind I'm super caring I listen but I'm also disciplined as fuck and if I need to you know flip that switch and make it happen like that energy is always there mm -hmm. so there's no need for me to be walking around fucking my ass tight all day yeah. every day it's like loosen up and just have a good vibe right it, it's so crazy it's like i i like the way that you guys are so opposite mm. that um it reminds me of me and my wife and that's how we are too she's uh i'm everything that she's built mm -hmm. you know and she's gonna be everything that i built you know what i mean so when she's out at getting starbucks you know what i mean how she carries herself is what we worked on and we built you know yeah what I mean? and how i carry myself when she's not around when i'm at the bar is what she has built you yeah know what i mean and when we don't sometimes we get as guys we get too comfortable with like being with someone that's just a little too comfortable that allows us to do a little too much gives us a little too much freedom mm -hmm. but we're not being built to anything you yeah know what I mean? we're not being and and i think that's uh being complete opposite or being opposite and, and being uncomfortable and just be willing to learn and be open to each other. I think that's where it's at. Yeah. That's for sure. sure. I mean, I think like we, cause we've been together five plus years now. Mm -hmm. I, and I, people always say like, what is, uh, how do you guys do it? Or what's your favorite thing about it? And I think just the fact that we have grown so much, not just together, but separately too, of like, you have helped me so much and I've helped you. That is one of the most beautiful things that in our relationship, I feel like that we we're able to give each other so much and also take from each other. There's nothing better. Yeah. I appreciate that. And it also helps this show too. I think that's where this is obviously just like phase one of audio and we like it because it's very intimate. That's why I want it in the home. I want to get people in here and just like let your guard down. Everything's cool. That way when we do put cameras up for phase two, start doing things like that, it's you have there's something for everybody. Mm. Like I come on here and I'm like, I just cussed this dude out and it was like blah blah blah. <laughs> and that's relatable to people like you. And then she's like, Well, I felt this type of way about this stuff, and like that's relatable to her and like that chemistry right. and that vibe is essential and you're able to kind of escape into that mm -hmm. and like i'm not trying to create a show where people are like sit down and give me all your attention i'm yeah. trying to be a supplement like put us on when you're working out put us on when you're on a drive right when you're cutting hair or doing whatever it is that you're doing because like that's what it's about mm -hmm. but yeah it's awesome i wanted to hear a little more about like your team mm -hmm. are your guys like are they 1099 are they independent contractors or how does that work with a barber shop yeah so it's it's a really cool business concept they're they're 1099 so okay. they're private contractors um 
and they pretty much run their own show. Mm. You know, um, most barbershops, every barbershop I've worked at, there's always a manager, there's always an owner. Um, this is just being myself, being me. Being a manager, it's almost like you're doing as much work as being the owner. Mm. Probably more. In my opinion, you're actually doing more because you're actually dealing with people. Dealing with people, managing people is probably one of the hardest things a lot of us can try and do or even get into, you know. Um, that it, I felt like I was losing that potential growth of understanding how to run this business if I wasn't the main person doing that part. Mm. So that shop, we don't have no manager. Um, and I deal with all the problems. I'm the janitor. I'm the barber. I'm, uh, I'm everything. Mm -hmm. I play all the roles there. Just so this way I can really dissect and understand as a janitor, what does that shop need? As a manager, what does the shop need? As, a, as the owner, just not trying to be the, the owner all the time, you know? Um, but... Dealing with different types of people, I guess, it's just, uh, it's hard because it's, everyone's really different. And I think my problem was I was trying to control energy so much. Mm. And I walk into a building and if like someone, one of my barbers was having a hard day, um, if their energy wasn't as consistent when I walked into the building, I would kind of think twice and it would start affecting my energy. Right. Mm. And then as I got better at, at it, I just realized, you know what? I got to stop worrying about people. People every morning have their own things going on in this world. And it shouldn't be so personal on my mm -hmm. business or how people are. You know, at the end of the day, I give everyone hugs. Good morning. Hugs. Goodbye. When I leave. And as long as they're not talking to me about it or they need someone or than just re think that it has nothing to do with me. It's not that personal. Right. So I'm learning to get better at that. But yeah, it's, uh, we have no managers. I feel like all those barbers can run their own show, even if they were by themselves working there. Um, and and I think they actually like the having that freedom. It makes to, sense. You know, I think they really appreciate that. I think they don't like, people don't like to be managed. People don't like to be controlled. And I think, managing the manager role sometimes can get too political and can create conflicts with like you got favorites here you got favorites there and it's it's it can ruin your business i really think that it could really like having the wrong manager could ruin your business and um as i'm being the manager playing the manager role i'm understanding how valuable this role mm. is and um you know i want to open up another business but by the time I open up the second business, I should understand what kind of role. And maybe this manager is not going to be a barber. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe this manager. And this is just me freestyling this business idea. You know, having six chairs and creating two shifts. This is just me freestyling. It's not mm -hmm. something that I've seen done before. It was just like an idea of mine's. Um, same thing with this manager, bro. It's like, I think it's so valuable. I don't even think that barber needs to even cut hair to be that role. Mm -hmm. um so i'm still learning the role and trying to get better at it but i really think hopefully when i open up my second shop i'll be able to get the right person for that right job that kind of understands exactly my perspective and how we want the business directed at yeah I, 
I like that a lot. And I want to talk about what you said as far as kind of like those conversations that you're having in your head. I think people with like our personality types often try to create that. I try to answer things before the person answers it themselves, right? And oftentimes, I, I'm i not that good at predicting it. I found I'm like 50-50. Usually it's some shit that's like, what are you upset about? Oh, it's this, this, and this. And then like, that's not it at all. And I'm like, oh, I fucked that up. Like, maybe I should take a step back. And that's a hard thing to do when you're such a driver, such a like, you want to go, go, go. And it's just a funny thing. That's kind of something that I'm going through right now yeah. of like, you're just so naturally blessed to where you're kind of like a great listener. So mm-hmm. you like have that with the get go, but that's what I'm learning to do also. And it's just like a funny thing when you lead people. And I think the biggest progress I've made so far is just like, I assume that people's like my goal is sometimes their goal. Uh-huh which my goal may be higher, my goal may be faster, my goal may be, you know, completely 45 degrees to the left. Right. And then it becomes like, a, oh, well, hold on. Before we even start diagnosing what the fuck you did, we got to talk about what is your goal, right? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to do? I'm, I'm trying to build the biggest barbershop here, this and that, and do that. You're just trying to fucking pay you for gas, things yeah. like that. So yeah. it's like, all right, well, let's scale it back and figure out, okay, cool. And we good, we're good. And it's like, that's just, it's such a limbo effect. And like- yeah barbers talk about just like the diversity in the background of barbers in general like it's always you got one guy that's fresh out you got one girl that's like you know this is what she does and then you got some dude that's like looks like a lumberjack and you're like what it's always such a weird group of people right so, so true. talk so about true. like the personalities in the average shop um what i've learned working with barbers is we're all artists you know we're all artists and we're all like I feel like they're they're very. I am a big feel person, so I'm big on how people feel. I never want to put out anything that's gonna bother anyone or make anyone feel uncomfortable. So I just think that like a lot of those barbers that work there, they're very similar to me, man. They, you know, that shop is busy not because I'm working there. You know, I I don't work. I work probably three days there at that shop. You know, there's barbers that work five days. There's a lot of them that works full time there that built that culture to what it is today and um, I really think it's just their personalities I think it's the freedom that they have not having a manager there I think it's being very different we got punk rock in there we got metal in there we got hip-hop we got R&B we got all kinds of different types of genre music and it's uh it's really 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 cool really cool and we have the playlist going so one minute you'll see hear a guy screaming on the mic next thing you know you're listening to just some some slow r&b or whatever you know Uh but it's uh it's created its own culture its own vibe and that was what i wanted overall that's so cool women moms uh gentlemen people like a barbershop is so uncomfortable to walk into any type of shop every shop i worked at is very uncomfortable and i notice it's just the demeanor of how artists are we get really good become really really good at what we do and this ego kicks in and you know what i mean this ego in my opinion it can help you or hurt you but you got to realize and recognize it's there anything that you're good at it's going to be there it's going to be right on the side of you and uh, me and my wife had this conversation because she's like, I don't have an ego. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> you know, let's talk about it. And you know what I mean? She really values her being a good person and mm. be her being a really good person. And I asked her, when you feel like someone's testing that, 
how do you feel? That's your ego. Mm-hmm. That's the ego. That's something that you take a lot of pride and take a lot of work in. That's where your ego comes in. So a lot of us barbers become really good at what we do. We start being booked up. You know, oh, I can't fit you in, bro, today. I can't fit you in. Mm. You know, that comes with a swag and you start carrying that around the shop. But you don't realize that there's people that never met you before. And it's very uncomfortable for you to be that chill. You know what I mean? You are the professional. This is a business at the end of the day. And you have to remember, like, welcoming a client. It's one of the most important tool you can yeah. do. You know, it's not cutting hair. It's not. It's welcoming people. How you make people feel when they first meet you, when you first shake their hand, when they first walk in, what they smell, what they hear. These are all the things that I go into thinking about, like when someone walks into Belmont. And um, I think we have a really good shop, a really good team. And I think I really, really enjoy cutting hair and just telling my clients, you hear what you hear over here, what you see over here. This is a dream right here, dude. This Mm. is a dream. Yeah. No, I like that. And as we're kind of starting to land the ship here, I got maybe three or four more things that I want to pick your brain about. I want to hear about just your process as a uh, expert, you know, with um, the tools, what are some of your favorite tools for cutting hair? Like what brand do you use? What, um, you know, length are you using? Like what, what, what are your, what's your favorite type of clippers basically? Like I'm sure it varies and you have, you know, 10 clippers or whatever, but like if you were just to go in right now, what would you want to start with and hit with? So I grew up using the old school seniors and Andes. They're like one of the big main barbering brands. You know, this is when everything was corded. So five years from that, people started coming with cordless clippers but like anything you build, it takes time for you to perfect that mm-hmm. actual tool. Right. And it's never going to be as good as an actual corded clipper because it takes a different type of motor, takes a stronger battery. And this wireless clipper literally just came out yesterday. So you always go old school cord always, for power. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Four years ago, this brand and a lot of these newer brands that are coming out now is Gammas and Stylecrafts. Um, They've been putting a lot of money and technology into changing clippers and making sure that the battery is a lot stronger. So these clippers are costing $300 now. Before, they would cost $70, $60. Okay. Now they cost $300. But what you're paying for is the technology that comes with that clipper. Mm. And those new clippers um, are strong enough to hold those old-school batteries. Those old-school motors that were in the corded clippers... Now they're putting them in the wireless mm, cord clippers. Okay. So it's a little bit more of a heavy-duty clipper, more efficient cutting clippers. So right now I'm going, I'm using Stylecrafts. Um, they're a new clipper brand, um, but they're using a bunch of the old, strong, heavy-duty motors, and they're putting them into their newer clippers. Okay, I like that. And then um, as far as like just dealing with people, I think that's probably the most value within you're an unofficial therapist you're an expert at you're talking about being welcoming right it's Mm -hmm. just that weird limbo effect whenever you're dealing with people that Mm -hmm. you don't know it's always like well how hard should i come in on this guy how Mm -hmm. hard should i come in on this girl you know Mm -hmm. oh we're being quiet like what are some of the things that you think of like how do you approach that is it just you go off a vibe or do you kind of get into that mode of like you can diagnose it pretty quick or what i try to ground myself you know, I don't try and like, I try not to catch a vibe. I try not, I try to just ground myself. I'm a genuine good person. Whenever I have an issue with anything, it should come out genuine. Mm-hmm. It should come out natural. 
if I have to, if I feel like I'm uh, if the vibe is crazy right here and I have to be super loud, you know, I, I don't I'm not going to even uh, I'm not going to adjust to anyone else's mm -hmm. vibe. You know, I'm going to try and just relax and be cool. So every issue I've had, any issue I've had with my barbers has genuinely been like a smile at the end of it. Just like, you know, we're not supposed to be doing that, bro. Mm -hmm. So let's just move forward. And um, if I have to talk to you again, then it's going to be more of an issue. We got to figure out what's going to happen from there. But just so you we're on the same page, let's just not leave the lights here in the front. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, I think people respect that so much more. I think it, it, it doesn't cost any weird uh, energy. I'm not carrying it with me, but like when it comes to people, I try to just handle it as natural and just be myself because I'm a natural. I, I feel like I don't, I'm I, maybe when I was younger, I used to act like, like I was big, bad and tough, but that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, uh, I try to make people feel good. I want people to feel good. And, um, I pretend like I'm talking to anyone, like if they want, we're talking to me, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, what kind of energy would I would have wanted? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Have you ever had any crazy clients, any crazy, like weird or aggressive or just some crazy clients come in? <laughs> I've never had any aggressive clients. Okay. Never. Uh, I would probably freak out because yeah. I genuinely <laughs> wouldn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, but Or have you ever like messed somebody's head up on yeah. accident? What? And like, how do you got to... <laughs> <I>, how <laughs> do you explain that? <laughs> let's just say, I wish it was on accident. It was because I was still learning how to cut hair. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember when I was first started cutting hair, I think it was my first year, um, some guy asked for a taper and I did the best I could thinking that that was what he wanted mm. and wasn't what he wanted. And uh, he's like, man, this is not what I wanted. And Oh, so he actually said, like, yeah. they brought it up. Yeah, that's he, crazy because from the, this is so cool because usually from the perspective of, like, the average person, you wouldn't say anything. You would just you be just like, leave. yeah, I like it. And then you go home and you're just like, fuck. Well, that's like, what I do. Like, if, if I'm at the hairstylist and, like, they do something and I'm like, not really what I wanted, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, great. Thank you. And then I just leave, you know? Right, right. It's very uncomfortable, yeah. man. You're dealing with the artist. You're seeing how much work they're putting into right. it. Um, but like we go back to saying being a listener is the best thing you can do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I know we always talk or we always try to have the right or perfect thing to say. But honestly, just listening. I, I didn't grow up with the best education. I didn't grow up reading a lot of books. I wasn't really into a lot of things. Mm. You know, I was always in the streets. I was always with my friends. I was um, having fun. You know, I grew up in the 90s. So I was just having fun. And... uh just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just think that it's, uh, it's yeah. very, very important to just be yourself, I guess. Yeah, definitely. But you, so that guy, what, how'd that conversation go though? The taper guy? He was like, you know, <laughs> dude, it's not what I wanted. And I was like, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, let me see, uh, let me talk to my, my owner to see if there's anything he can do to help me out and stuff. So I went down there and I was like, yo, Adrian. I fucked this dude up. <laughs> uh, he's, he's all like, oh, man, Mike, again? again. <laughs> so I, he went, he fixed it real quick. And uh, it's, okay, just, cool. it's just really uncomfortable when you're you're giving a client and it's not what he wanted. Mm. It's very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say probably like the last two things that I wanted to pick your brain about was a lot of the value that I personally get isn't usually out of the successes that I hear from people. Oh, we opened up a shop or the number one shop or in the area, this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's usually like, I want to hear about, well, what's the lowest day? 
how did you react from like, oh, hey, this was a spot where the ship almost sunk and we actually had to pull together and rally and make something happen and fucking put 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag. And like that was pretty much what made us, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so like, yeah. tell us, is there anything that comes to mind where you're like, yeah, this, you know, could have been, you know, pandemic related or something related to where like you really kind of got to see how you guys are going to make your sauce. Oh man, it was like I said, we took over during the pandemic. Um, shops were still closed at that time. Right. You know, um, one of the main reasons why I was able to get the opportunity was because the barber that owned the shop at the time, she was so in-depth because of the pandemic and because of how the business was going. Um, it just wiped down that, that whole business. And it was so much, man. It was it was that you really got to be crazy. Just right then and there, are you you already know? It's not like you're turning it into something else. Mm -hmm. That's the part where it's like if you're looking at almost a bad relationship, right? And then it's like, oh well, hey, this girl is single now, and you're like, the last one didn't work, but I think I can do it, right? How do you even process that? <sighs> you got to be crazy. You got to be crazy. <laughs> yeah. You literally got to be crazy because a lot of the stuff that I did to keep that shop where it's at was, you're really going to do that, Mike. Mm. You're really going to do that, Mike. Right. And, you know, I'm telling myself this, you know, a lot of the stuff I won't tell my wife because I don't want my wife to stress <laughs> out about anything. Uh -huh. But um, you got to be crazy, dude. You got to be crazy and, and believe in yourself. More importantly, you got to believe in yourself. My... I had the only portfolio I had was, okay, I know I'm booked up. I Before I took over this business, I knew I was booked up every day I went to work. Mm -hmm. So I was fortunate to build that clientele for myself. I knew that if I was the only one working at that shop, at least I would pay and I would be able to afford to pay to keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. you know. And then whatever came across on top of that, if I can build a, a barber here and bring more business, so be it. But I think like my first week I made like $17 mm. off a of barber mm. and my wife like looked at me like, you sure this is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool though. It's just kind of the, the start, the process of getting it up off the ground was kind of you trying to figure it out. That's really cool. Thanks. And I wish I can tell you like dissect, but we, we would be talking all day because yeah. there was so many problems. Every month there was a new yeah. issue and, mm -hmm. and we can talk about it all, but it's just a lot. Just enduring it, understanding that there's going to be ups and downs and ups and downs and it's probably not going to go according to the detailed itinerary that you have in your head. But as long as you show up every day with the goal of trying to get just that much better, exactly. right? Exactly. Just that much better. That's all I try to do is try to, as I'm currently building up a book of business, as we're building this brand, things like that, it's just, hey, sorry. Um, you know, I walk into an office, let's say, I work in the finance district down in Irvine, in mm -hmm. Orange County, and there's dudes that are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month you know what i mean you see it you look at the ledger you go that motherfucker made that much money holy shit right but you go oh well he's 40 he's 45 and he's been at it since he was 22 coming right. out so hold on now before because the initial thought is like well what the fuck am i doing right i'm barely getting the lights on this and that right and you're in that grind mode but then you start to look at it most people will stop there like, oh fuck that guy this and that and it's like well no i'm expired maybe i should go to that guy's office you know what i mean right. maybe i should go hey bro can we grab lunch like i got right. i got some things on my mind as i'm working on building this book of business and getting this thing up off the ground 
uh, I need to pick your brain. I have yeah. some ideas that I need, right? And I feel like that's what separates the work that we do from the next guy, the next podcast, the next whatever it is that we're doing is because we're always trying to just take that next step, mm-hmm. right? I'm not worried about the whole fucking whatever's in front of there. I'm just trying to get from here to here. That's it. From yeah. here that's to it. here. That's, that's it right it. there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's just from here to there. It's It's honestly, yeah. And the last thing that I kind of wanted to bring in was you talk about anybody who's opening up any sort of business, not just barbers. Barbers see it because people are coming in and out. You have to do that. But just building a book of business and clients, how did you go about that? How long did it take? How long? You know what I mean? Are you... It's freeing being a barber. You can do it anywhere. You have so many people because you're not dependent on one client, right? Not one. Right. Oh, I cut this one guy's hair every two weeks and he, that's my salary or whatever. But like your process for that or just inspiring and trying to help younger barbers go, how the hell do I do this, right? Like right. how do I get people? How many, what do you think is the average client like number? How many heads do you need to cut? How many rotations do you have to have to be like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable. Like this is what I do now. Right, right. I, that's, that's a hard question because, again, before I owned a shop, the goal was to be booked up, mm-hmm. right? And being booked up means you're going to be cutting hair 10, 11 hours a day, all day. How many haircuts do you, like, you think you do in a day? I'm not talking about the general. I'm talking about, like, you back in the day. How many heads were you cutting a day? Um, so I, I was doing it, like, every hour. Mm. And then uh, it caught down to every 30 minutes. Wow. And then um, I, I thought, like, you know what? Why are you guys not booking online? Why are you guys, like, I would tell shops and other people, like, why are you guys not getting clients to book online? Mm. You guys enjoy texting each other right. while you guys are trying to have dinner. I just didn't understand that. So I created my own online booking system and I started telling all my clients like, yo, go on this website, yeah. michaelbarbering.com and you can start booking your appointments awesome. through there. So then it got to the point where I was doing it every, three haircuts every hour. So it was every 20 minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. So again, I'm chasing this money and this money is just what it does is just creating this, this lifestyle for what I want for my wife, for mm-hmm. my kids and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. And the cool part about like what you're doing and where I want to ask probably the last thing is, and we don't have to get too personal. If you got stuff under wraps, obviously let us know. It's totally cool, but you can only cut so many heads with your hands. You can only do so much. You only have so much time. You got this thing, but things that can get scaled, you know, you can have unlimited number of shops. You can have unlimited numbers of like software, this and that. Is there any like like a, a product or a, a type of clipper or something that would, because that's how I think, is like I'm just an entrepreneur through and through of yeah. like, would there be some sort of like a gel or a comb or a pick or a club that could be branded with you guys and that's your thing? And have you thought about scaling something like that? Yes. And what yeah. are some of the obstacles? I know you've thought about it, but like what are what interests you? So um, I think it goes down to me helping people inspiring people it's is my big thing and it, it feels so good before i would own the shop i was doing education and i would go to like a lot of salons mostly salons in high-end areas like newport beach or santa monica and i would create this brochure and it was a, a five-hour hands-on men's cutting course mm. oh cool and I seen that there was so much money being made in education and how it was so difficult for a lot of hairstylists at the time to get education, understand how to cut men's hair 
and how many people wanted to learn. They just didn't have a place to do it or didn't have anyone that knew how to teach them. Right. And it was like the way I did it was just fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it. Like the way I did it was yeah. not right at all. I tried like, doing it too and I almost shaved your half the head off. <laughs> yeah. So that was not good. <laughs> I would have needed something like that. Yeah. That would have perfect. <laughs> yeah. And just honestly learning that and just seeing what it did to people, man. Seeing how the light in their eyes, seeing them being inspired, seeing them that they believe that they can do. If I, mm. if I create a simple method just them saying, you know what, I think I can do that now. That was my job, you know mm. what I mean? And that felt so good. <laughs> so going back to my my goal, hopefully one day I want to open up. I feel like Belmont Barber Co. is more like a, like a farm for me. Anyone that worked there didn't have a clientele. They did not have not one. I think maybe one of my barbers, Wayne, um, he came from Razorbacks where I used to work at. But other than that guy, he, no one really had a clientele. So everyone, all 18 barbers are making money, building their clientele and with no clientele. I would like to have another shop where it's more of a premium for people that have already a clientele that has that wants to be more private, that wants to be a little bit more upscale mm. and kind of take six of those those barbers, my top barbers there and put them more in like in a higher area maybe in on second street and what's cool about that it doesn't have to be a storefront because these are all relationship clientele now mm, right. they're not looking for the storefront mm -hmm. so it could be a little bit more exclusive it could be as creative as i want it to be it doesn't have to be at a shop it could be at a penthouse it could be right in front of the beach right. it could be anywhere I, I decide i want to put this 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 lounge at yeah you know and it's uh so the goal would be to one day have that type of business, have my farm, have that type of shop, and then get into education and create like a an education thing. So this way, when you get out of school, um, like Vidal Sassoon, just like a high-end education. Um, a lot of times, when, I'm sorry, but a lot of times when you get out of barbering school or, or a cosmetology school, you don't really know how to cut hair still. Mm. Okay. So um, I think there's just so much money that you can make off of just building that um, extra education yeah. course yeah. for people who want to take a month course or a six-week course, mm. just an advanced men's barbering course, and um, to have some sort of education, a triangle, an education, a farm. A little more of a lounge shop is a triangle that hopefully one day I'll be able to create that mm. it could help each other. I out. see it. I like yep. that. I see that value. Yeah. You say, oh, money, but not money. It's providing value, yeah. right? How do you provide value. the value to that? That's how I like to position a lot of the stuff that I do. I work in money, obviously, and well, I'm very overpaid for what I do, let's say, but it's it is in relation to the value that I provide. It's mm -hmm. the most important thing is right. working clients, books and this and that, like it's vital. So the value that you're able to create could be through education and yeah, basically just showing, building that farm. That's really cool. I like that. And mm. we support that. I fuck yeah, with that. It's that's really awesome. dope. Yeah. I think the last thing that I want to ask, well, before that, how was your first like real podcast experience? You having a good time? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really uncomfortable. But uh, again, everything that I've done in my life has been very uncomfortable. I mm. kind of feel like I have an issue where I, I enjoy a little bit of the being uncomfortable. Mm. Um, 
but it was it was cool i yeah, I, you did awesome i hope so yeah, <laughs> yeah you did great this is a great yeah. episode man and you smooth with it and like i said you're welcome back anytime probably gonna call you back when i get some ideas this and that especially when we get the cameras up like it would yeah, be awesome be to yeah. just come on even just have you break down certain segments and ideas and um the last thing that i want to leave you with is as we're sort of building this show and getting out into the community all over Southern California, who would you say are maybe two to three people that we could reach out to that we could possibly come get in the same chair that you're in? Mm -hmm. They could be, you know, another business owner. It could be somebody with a cool job. It could be like a relative or just yeah. like somebody that you think's got a lot of potential or you really respect what they're doing. Yeah. Who would you like to maybe shout out? Um, Man, I, there's a lot, you mm -hmm. know, there's a lot of good people that are out there that are, that are really good friends of mine that are all artists. Um, God, I, I, I get you a group of guys in here, dude. It's mm. honestly, it's, if I'm trying to think, if I name one person, I'm going to feel like I'm missing someone else in that yeah. name. Yeah. So I don't really want to put any names out yeah, there, yeah, but totally cool. I'm very, very pers I'm a very personal person. So anyone that hears this knows that I'm talking about them. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? And they would know, like, you know, my boys would be in here. I, I could, I can bring three of these guys in here. Um, but yeah, that I've never been asked that before. Yeah. But now when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I really can bring Everett, Justin, uh, yeah. so-and-so because yeah. they're very unique. And it's really weird that they're all very different from mm. each other. And the cool part about this show is the whole my my mission with this brand that we're building is to just make people feel like oh yeah i i'm relatable to that guy i understand mm -hmm. that because i was somebody who school was not for me at all and it's just mo a lot of boys just wild rambunctious true like adhd case studies you yeah. can't i was just can't sit me in a chair like this is the only time probably in the day where i have an ass in a chair yeah. right for not still? moving around not wow. moving but yeah. here's the thing is because i'm actually stimulated i'm actually yeah. interested we're having a good time but like other than that like it's i'm building an attack dog back there mm. we're doing here we got to go here like it's just crazy yeah. so that's people's stories like that oh this guy i didn't know you could build a barbershop i didn't know you could do that i didn't like having things like that that's vital because yeah. i needed that coming up out of school because i didn't know what i was going to do right i didn't know how we we're going to do this but podcasts were the reason that was my college yeah i got a four-year degree paid a lot of money for it fuck it like i don't care about yeah. that but what i really learned was during building these businesses that i have so far it allows me to learn and just take ideas and that's, yeah i'm never scared to ask questions so it's and exactly and i feel like if just to touch on that i i just want to say being working as a barber a lot of these artists don't feel like they are ready or they are almost like they're not valued like they don't think they're good enough to be an owner mm. I've learned working those whole 10 years had nothing to do with, like, didn't prepare me for shit. Right. For right. What, what was coming to being an owner. You know what I mean? That taught me that's like, you know what? If I want to give anyone a message, all my barbers, I tell them, like, yo, this is the name of the game. You want to be a business owner. You want to be able to have time and free up and be able to do whatever you want with that time. And um, you don't have to be in this shop for 10 years to do it. You don't have to be in the shop for five years to do it. Um, 
if you can understand and learn the principles of what how important it is to make people feel good you can do this too mm, yeah i like that that's awesome yeah. hey that's it right there this is natural thoughts and talks thank you for coming in i hope you guys had a good episode we'll catch you guys <laughs> next week all right love you bye, bye. <laughs> thank you with the digest i'm still so tired <laughs> the digest excuse my heavy I breathing you like sucking down i air. know right you need like water and stuff calm down i'm over here doing breathing exercises <laughs> look at Gina. we look comfy over there right who's the digest for mike mm. barbershop mm-hmm. hell yeah that was a fun episode yeah i had a really good time i didn't know like it's weird because some people that are nervous you can tell like they, they might be shaky or their voice is like stuttery or whatever. But I didn't get any of that from him. So when he said that he was like, oh, I was like nervous and like uncomfortable. I was like, oh, wow. You couldn't even tell. Yeah, he played it really cool. Yeah. He gave us some really good feedback too. Yeah. As far as like just don't have people come on cold. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I was because I'm cool going on cold anywhere. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, like get a warm up, get an icebreaker of some sort. So we've implemented that and I think it's really helped the show. Well, because you never really know. Well, one, you don't know how they are yeah, talking to you. So they could be very open. So then that like phone call or whatever isn't really necessary, but it's always good to have anyways. But then they could also be not super open and extroverted. So then that phone call helps them out a little bit, but it also helps out, helps out us um, just to like get to know the person and like kind of get the vibe a little bit. And it also makes things better because you would rather take things slow with somebody who's like needs, you know, more time to process things in their environment. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody's like, all right, let's get to it. Like, let's skip, skip. Then to try to rush somebody into something. And then obviously some people are like, well, you know, maybe they don't speak up. Like maybe they, you know, just kind of go with the flow and then mm-hmm. they're not having a good time. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. That sucks. Right. But, yeah. I like, um, I feel like Mike, it was fun. Well, not fun, but it was very nice hearing kind of like that tattoo shop that we had on too of like they're creating a space where people want to feel comfortable and it's open and like with the whole like he has a lot of women working there and like just women feel uncomfortable people feel uncomfortable I think that is kind of a shift that we're seeing a little bit more of like people are very conscious of that and understanding that like with the tattoo let's say of like it's a scary thing walking in there so let's make the environment a little bit not so scary Mm -hmm. and then with the barbershops it's like the women that work there because there are a lot of women that have like a passion for cutting men's hair or short hair in general yeah so providing that space where they feel safe and welcomed and valued is very important that's a good point something i've been thinking a lot about is just how we're talking about things shifting from like the scary barbershops or the tattoo parlors Mm. or like a what uh race car rallies or things like that that are traditionally very like masculine and tough or like biker gangs things like that like motorcycle riding right now like your grandma has a motorcycle but before it was like Mm -hmm. oh no i'm a biker ex-con type of thing we don't really hear about the shift opposite way of like tough guys going into therapy let's Mm. say or manly men talking about like parenting daughters let's say or things like that right do you see what i'm saying how if you look for it, you can find a trend this way, but finding the trend the other way is a little bit more blurry. Mm. What do you think about that? Well, I think, I mean, Mike was a good example of he grew up tough, 
this and that. And then now he has daughters and he, he kind of, cause men and women are different. Let's just face it. Yeah. So using a whole different set of thoughts and experiences and everything else, you just have to change it up when you have, let's say a daughter, or if you have a business where you don't want to necessarily have that tough guy, super hard front, you have to really change, like switch it up, but it's not the easiest. Yeah. I like that. And but I like that it's happening. I also liked how innovative he's making his shop. Yeah. Like something that seems like it's one of what the five oldest like careers or businesses, right? People have been cutting hair forever, right? right. Like it's not a new concept, but the way he's doing it mm. is newer. Like he's, you know, really thinking about the client's process. He's really thinking about the barber's process. He's thinking about things from an owner and the whole education thing that he was talking right. about was really cool too. Like I was actually really inspired by his ability and his concept to like really think bigger than himself and also lead the people that he has within his team. He's, you can tell he really cares. Mm. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Maybe like really happy. Right. Love well, it. How's your day been going though? It's been going good. Work was good. Nothing too crazy. And then I'm just kind of finishing up my project over here. But I'm getting a little annoyed, but it's okay. <laughs> By your peers? Yeah. Yeah. Can I help with that? Can I have a suggestion? Hmm. Just assume that they're kind of morons. Yeah. It's just upsetting when I told them on like Thursday. Do you see my mic falling? I literally had it here. Why is it <laughs> down here now? I don't know. Here, I'll go ahead. Keep talking. I'm going to try I it. I told them on like Thursday. I was like, hey... Try to have it done and have everything set by Sunday, like midday. That way I can record everything and then turn it in. Because I'm the only one that fucking knows how to record shit. Yeah. Because all these people, they're just stupid. So what would happen if you, this is what I want to hear about. Sorry, I don't, I shouldn't cut you off like that. And my mic is fucking horrible. Excuse me, listener. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. Um, And then here these people are and like I, I get it i'm not done yet so like i'm fine with you still working on it and like finishing up right now at like around six o'clock i get it is it due tomorrow it's due tonight of course it is yeah right um i'm okay with you finishing up right now because i still have a few hours to record and like finish it up you know what i mean like get everything settled and turn in and then this girl was like she told me on thursday oh yeah i have it done on sunday in the morning perfect great and now she's like, oh, I got called in to work. And I was like, okay, well, when are you going to? And she's like, I'll finish it when I get home. And then, yeah, why is your mic falling? You see this, right? Tighten it harder. Here, let's take a break and I'll really finish it. Can you pause it for a second? We'll be right back. Okay, we're back. We're back. And you were telling me about your horrible, horrible teammate situation. Well, yeah, because now this girl was like, oh, I have to go. I got called in to work. First of all, who forces you to go to work? Unless you're like, yeah, they definitely, you know what I mean? she's not running her own company. She no. got asked and accepted it. Yeah. So, and I was like, okay, well, what time will you be home? She's like, I won't be home until 10 or 11. Shit's due at midnight. And I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to record that because I'm not staying up until 11 just because you got work. So she'll figure it out. So two things. One is how I can fix the education system. <laughs> you ready? Go ahead. Stay on board with me. The earlier you turn the assignment in, the better your grade will be. Mm. What do you think about that concept? If I was running a classroom, if let's say I give you three weeks to do an assignment and on the last week, day one, if you turn it in, it's due Friday, but if you turn it in Monday, you get an extra five points. Mm -hmm. Tuesday, you get an extra three points. You know, Wednesday, extra two points. You see what I'm saying? 
but you make it enough to where it's actually motivating to the kids. Mm. So the difference between, let's say if you turn a C paper in on Monday, might be a B plus, maybe even mm-hmm. a fucking A. But if you wait till Friday, that's a C. Wouldn't you think that that would just produce like semi-good stuff though? Because they know that, okay, I can produce some bullshit, but because I'm turning it in 30 minutes after the assignment was created, I, I'm i still going to get an A. I think it would produce more entrepreneurs. Hmm. Sometimes you don't have to be the best product. You just have to be first. Don't hmm. you think? Every once in a while, oh, things get better over time. Well, right? the school doesn't promote that. Like, So why are we going to school then? Because the system is That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm talking about actually trying to change it and make it better. And I'm really talking about that. This is where like your kindness and my kindness are different. I don't want to just go through. I don't want anybody else to have to go through what I went through. So who do we need to talk to to fix this? Mm. You know what I mean? Whoever's running the school. Okay, explain this to me. How is this more efficient than this? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Or if I open up a school, how about we do this? Why is this? Why are you not on board with this? Because guess what? If you do more work early on your job, you get paid more. Why not do it this way? Let's talk about your stinky armpits right after this too. (laughs) I can tell you've been going through something. But what do you think about that? Because my brain is different from your brain. But what do you think about that? Wouldn't it just produce subpar work? Okay, but what is waiting until Friday? And the reality of the situation is, is most kids are waiting until Friday night. Let's look at all... The, the data from all the teacher submissions at Cal State Long Beach, if they wait on Friday, when did most of the students post the shit? I'm sure half of them are like 10 o'clock, 11, like really late at night. Yeah. How good is that assignment really? Because I don't think right. they're staying up really just working hard to do it. I think they're just putting out some bullshit. Yeah. But that same guy or girl could have turned that in on Monday and felt a little more confident about it and been like, okay, let me just try a C and then fuck, I got an A on it. Wow. Because mm-hmm. we value actually when you showed up Mm. right half of it is just showing up sometimes right Mm. you're working out in the weight room half of the battle is what pulling the covers off the bed putting the clothes on going and working out Mm. kino's comfy over there i'm gonna tell you yeah half the battle is not showing up for him (laughs) he shows the fuck up 24 7 you need something i'm here what do you think about that school though yeah do i have something there i'm not saying it all has to all be correct but that seems like a concept. If you had that option, would you take it? Like, here's a class that has this. Here's a class that doesn't have that. Would you like it? I probably would because I was I was just thinking. I was like, but that would kind of be unfair. But Oh, but, I but, love you so much. No, but then it's also because, like, it, it would just be like, okay, well, if I want to turn it in late or, like, later, it would just have to be a really good paper. Mm-hmm. So you either work kind of do like a half-assed job but you make sure that it gets turned in early or you're gonna have to do a really good job but you're turning it in at the last minute yeah yeah and i love how you and i are so different because fair you like things fair when all parties even the leader of the party the system the man the government whatever it is you want them to do your their job and then you'll do your job what happens when the government doesn't do their job what happens when somebody fucks up mm. and you're you all you did was enough to do your job you don't have tools in your back seat you don't have this you don't have that what do you think i mean if in like group projects i i hate when you get the same grade no matter what i hate that that's why i prefer some classes actually do have you get your own personal grade it's not 
graded based on the group, it's you get a grade. Because then it's like, I don't have to depend on anyone else to do good. I just do my job and that's it. Yeah. So also I watch you stress and stress and stress about like your entire career. You're always the leader of the group. Mm -hmm. Your name's on top. You're this, you're that, you're the editor, right? What would happen if you just said, fuck it? And you said, all right, guys, I'm going to give you the exact energy you're giving me, which is 70%. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got called into work? Oh, coincidence. I got called into work too. That's crazy, LOL. What now? I think because I want to produce good stuff, mm-hmm. I don't trust anyone else to do it, especially not these idiots. And what do you get out of that? That's what I'm trying to figure out is this whole system that you're doing, I'm not trying to convince you. You've mm-hmm. done an amazing job. We're at the end of the career. Mm-hmm. I can't do shit. Mm-hmm. I just want to reflect on it. Um, it's already... I have the same exact credentials that you have, and I did half the work. I have half the degree, or, or I don't have half the degree, but I have like <laughs> half the, you know what I mean, um, workload that mm-hmm. you had. Did you not know that this game was rigged coming in? Well, I also think it's a, not necessarily, oh, I'm going to get a, an amazing grade on it, but just for me too. I don't like, for my own personal feelings, I don't like turning in something that's half ass. Ooh, so why did you not work out today? Mm, that's a different. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say is, and I love you to death. I'm literally going to, the next month in all of 2024, I'm going to figure out how to work two symbiotic systems, okay? Instead of just one that's conjoined, you're unhappy because we're doing it my way, I'm happy because we're doing it your way, I'm going to find a way to make the car work. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So... That's my commitment and my guess my resolution for the year. But why are you working on I, shit well, that doesn't I al- matter? I also think like, let's say with, let's just bring up school because we're on the topic of this of yeah. school. I think if it's a group thing, you're kind of accountable for everyone else. Just like whoever else is in my group is also accountable for me. It's a group thing. So when it's a group, let's let's make it good. When I'm doing my own stuff, like let's say I'm turning in a paper by myself, it does not have to be the most amazing thing ever um, because I'm, it's just me. It's just, it, I'm the only one that's going to get um, yeah. affected by it. If it's a group thing, be accountable for your part. I think that's what it is. I want people to be accountable for their part. If you chose to work on this specific area, do it and do it good. Yeah. So I saw this quote. It was like, there is a difference between, there's two different types of people. There's perspective and then there's perception. And it's like people's perception of things is looking at it unobjectively. Like, hey, this is the facts. This is how things are. I don't have anything tied to it. However, Hannah's perspective towards certain things are, I want, this is why arguments start. I want you to see it my way and I want you to agree with the way that I'm doing it. And I want you to do my way like your way, right? Fuck, I don't know, colonizers, something like that. Like do it my way because it's right, right? But the opposite way is just, hey, how do we get it done, mm-hmm. right? Like how, what are the facts of the situation? What's the reality? And I think that if you're talking about it's an individual, baby, I didn't agree with that because I'm still in a classroom with 30 other kids Mm -hmm. on the same pace as these other kids. And that just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get one solution for 30 different learning styles. Well, that I will agree with that. That's crazy because not everyone can read through 
an entire textbook of 500 pages mm -hmm. and that's how they learn. That's it's not realistic. So I'm trying to figure out you're closer to the average student than I was. Mm -hmm. So when I'm trying to figure out, and if at any moment during this conversation, I'm trying to wrestle with you a little bit right now. If you feel uncomfortable, I'm not invested in following this solution to spark a real argument off of this. I do not give a fuck. Do you see what I'm saying? So if you just say, hey, I don't want to talk about it anymore, we'll move on to the next thing. But I'm really actually curious about, did you not know that this game was rigged coming in it? No, I understand that school does not provide a real life example in real life situations. I understand that. But I mean, just from the fucking start where they're like, you're never going to have a calculator in your in your pocket. Yes, the fuck I do. Yeah. Like, I understand that. Um, but then I'm also like, but I still chose to be here and I'm paying to be here. So why would I do a half-assed job at that? Yeah. <clears throat> so I like the system that you're operating on. Used to be truthful when Craig Stone was around 40 years ago and that shit worked. Right. I totally get it. It's not working anymore. Mm -hmm. So my question is, is the way I did it was... Hey, no, I know a guy. I know a guy and I'm going to use that relationship and hopefully they'll be able to provide some options to go have some doors to knock on. Maybe someone will be opened. Why is it that you didn't think, and I'm not mad that you didn't think this way, but we have a podcast, babe. I can find 10 people who are at the highest level of marketing research, whatever the game is with the marketing realm of business, have them on. I'm pretty sure they've all started their own companies. They can have some really good guidance within, let's do 10 episodes, 10 hours versus four years worth of this degree. And then you go, oh, hey, you know, oh, I know so-and-so, whoop-de-whoop. Oh, they have an opening. You should go over there. Well, I'm not the type of person to think that just because I have a degree, I'm going to get a job. I understand that. So why are you working hard at it? What, what is the end goal of the degree? I'm not working crazy hard at it. Why are you working That's harder than everybody else? I'm not. I'm not. It's because these are idiots. They're stupid. That's what it is. This is easy for me. So, it's so. technology. It's video. I do this very often. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me. School has been easy for me. Yeah. Okay. So. And that's also why I'm getting frustrated because I'm working with people that are stupid. So why are you getting frustrated though? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because it's just like, why is not, why are not everyone so smart like <clears throat> I am? That's really weird. Why is everybody not in shape? Why is everybody not rich? Why is Well, everybody... I think because I have to interact with them. Mm. And that's what's causing issues. If if I don't care if these if the outside of this class, I don't care what they do, I don't care what grades they got, I don't care what they do with their life, but because we have to interact with each other on these projects, that's why I'm getting frustrated. So not because they're stupid in in life in general, mm -hmm. but because you're bringing the stupidness into this group take exactly what you just said right now, relate it right now to when I wake up in the morning and I look at my partner and I go, I'd love to work out. I look at Kino. He goes, I would really love to work out right now. You don't work out. How do I now operate within that? This is more important than a group assignment, right? How does something like that work? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Move on. <laughs> totally. But it got pretty deep, didn't it? Yeah. Let's go to your armpits. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Well, because I thought it was just my deodorant, which I think it was because it, it was getting, like, older and, like, not as wet. And before, I want you to know, you're not an average human being. So I want you to come at it as understand that you're not an average fucking human being. So... When it comes to my armpit? 
<laughs> yes. So I want you to understand if you're insecure or inconfident, anything, you have to understand you're a 10 out of 10, a certified 10 out of 10 that has stinky armpits. That's still a 10. Okay. With stinky let's armpits. not put the label on me that I have. I'm a person with stinky armpits. <laughs> <laughs> you're a person that had stinky armpits. It's just, it happened for a few days. Like so, for the past three days. Yeah. I, for some reason, have been sweating more and it, like, it's almost like, you know, when you don't put deodorant on and you go out, go throughout your day and you're like, oh shit, like I didn't put deodorant on. It's not like gross, but it's not like freshing. It's not like you after a workout, like that's gross, but like, you know what I mean? Like we're all humans and we sweat and we smell. Here's the part though is you don't. No, but like I I smell it though. I'm aware. You know what I mean? When you look for it. You smell it when you look for it. No, not really. Not over these past few days. <laughs> okay. I've been like walking around and I'm like, do I fucking smell? And then when I smell, I'm like, it's not as fresh as it should be. Yeah. Okay. So two things. When I go to work, not like work, but when I work out and I sweat and my shirt is drenched. <laughs> yeah, gross. If I wear that shirt a couple hours after that, that will smell. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Or the day after. Oof. Like that will smell. Right. That's a real thing. Like you a petite cute like little girl you're not little girl you see what i'm saying though on the spectrum of things like uh what, do, what should i say smaller woman little woman does that work better <laughs> little woman coming down the street um so yeah it's never that bad like even when you're like oh my god i'm horrible right now and i smell it i'm like yeah it's not fresh but like but it's also like here i am at work i'm at school i'm at the store whatever what the fuck do i smell like sweat so is it your you deodorant? I, mean? or you... I think, well, I'm going to test it out now since I bought new deodorant. Mm-hmm. I'm going to test it out and see. I'm going to have some tests. Because what I noticed is your deodorant isn't of the highest quality, but it's of the highest like convenience. So it's the clear kind that like doesn't, you don't see it, right? And then it's also like, okay, smelling. Well, they're good deodorants. It's not that, like they're good deodorants. It's just, and I hate the white mark. The one I bought, I kind of don't really like. So that's what I said. The one that you don't like, that's the one that works. Mm, No, because it worked before. So I don't know if it was that deodorant was like about to be empty. I don't know what it was, but probably we're going to run some tests here and see with the new deodorant if i'm going to be stinky i'm excited for your update then yeah but But again i'm not a stinky person it's just all these few days but i think it's funny (laughs) i just think it's funny that somebody like you you're like oh my god i smell and it's like yeah Yeah. okay sure it's weird too because like i have no issue with sweat like sweating like if i work out i understand yeah i'm gonna get sweaty Mm -hmm. if i'm on the beach i'm gonna get sweaty because it's hot you know what i mean but I hate when I sweat when I'm not supposed to sweat. Mm-hmm. And Biggest peppy of mine. Why does it make it a not supposed to sweat? If I'm just sitting in class, the fuck am I it's sweating up for? You get like, hot. Well, why? You know what? I love you to death. The last thing we're going to talk about on this episode is you don't really go to the root of things. Like that's basically <laughs> what I got is I've had three things now where I'm like, okay, so now what do we do? Like we're here at the, the, the meat and bones of it. And you're kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Like, yeah. let's just leave it. So is that a thing where I just have to be a sounding board? Yeah. Because guys want to fix everything. And I'm really... because well, I think sometimes, even if you're... Like, when I'm, like, venting or gossiping or whatever it is, you think that there's a problem that needs to get solved. Just like your peers here. Right. And I'm like, I... When I'm kind of just like, I just want to vent. I just want to throw it at you and just get it out of my head. Like, that's honestly the majority of things. Yeah. I don't want you to solve anything for me. I... If there is a problem that we have <laughs> yeah. that needs to get solved, I will come to you and I, I will say, babe, there's a problem we have. We need to figure it out. Okay. So time out. Everything else is just 
rant. So here's what I'm saying. I don't like that. I want it to be flipped because if you're sitting here telling me there's a problem, sometimes there's a problem so big that you can't tell me there's a problem. So part of my intuition and my best qualities are actually knowing about problems. So I can't just sit here and go, hey, you have a, I can't wait for somebody to tell me that they have a problem. So you I want need me to you tell? To wait, you, I need you to tell me that it's not a problem. Oh. Does that make sense? And that might be the average guy out there too, to where how am I supposed to know based off of your complaining, bitching, and moaning <laughs> about your peers, right? That that's not a problem. So you you, want, you want me to tell you like you want me to give the, you the title of this is just a rant. I would love that because then just I would venting, be able to, and then, then I, would, I keep going. I could totally just turn it off. I can just be like, hey, I just want to vent. Yeah, that would be perfect. If mm-hmm. you just like, um, I don't have an analogy for it, but yeah, fucking just be like, hey, here I'm just here to vent, and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, hell yeah, vent, tell mm-hmm. me. Yeah, fuck her. Can't believe that. She and then then what happened? Like I can what? actually sit here because I know that you have it taken care of and it's actually not bothering you. Mm-hmm. But if you, I that that would be like me. If you tell me something, I usually take it as the utmost importance mm-hmm. because I respect you and I love you. But you're asking me to be like, no, only take it as important when I tell you that it's important. Now everything you tell me, if I went through that filter you'd go by a couple months and you'd be like, you know what? You're not listening to me at all. Like you fucking hate me. And then we have a different problem. What do you think about that? Cause I just figured out all, we've had like two problems here on this little episode <laughs> of like, mm, the vibe is a little bit off. It's because I'm talking about real problems and you're talking about like venting mm. problems, which right. isn't shit. Yeah. So what did we get? That I will tell you, Whenever there's something I'm just, I just want to let out, something I just want to gossip about, some crazy things that happen, I will let you know. And I say, hey, I just want to vent to you. That's great. That and would then, solve everything. And then you'll figure out if it's a problem or not. Then we would have a perfect relationship. Amazing. I'm like all in Kino's toe right now. <laughs> he likes it. That's Look funny. at him. He's like falling asleep. I know he does. Okay. Well, I love you. I love you. This has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye.